listening to The Burn. Gaming stuff, blazing fast. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of The Burn, a podcast about gaming done blazing fast. I'm Aviv Manoach. And I am Omer, Time Twister Kaplan. You see, now that I have my name and both my gamer tag, people, like US people can just use my gamer tag instead of like scrambling to say Omer. So there you go. Okay. That, it's good that you have Time Twister have everywhere. I, I have in some places isel.me, one word, and other places just isel and other places I sell 21M uh, because it, those are, were old places that uh, I couldn't get a proper nickname, etc. So um, just s- find me on Twitter at I sell. It's the fastest and quickest way. Anyways, we are going to talk about games for about half an hour. Uh, each episode is going to be one game that one of us at least has played uh, since the, the last episode and then we're going to talk a bit of, of news topics so today is going to be the outer world that's the game i've played yes. about 13 hours of it and omer played some of it as well and so, then we are going yeah, I to have, um, I have about six hours good and then we're going to discuss uh, the latest uh, League of Legends Championship World. And yes. uh, it, it made me laugh because I thought about how are we going to name each episode. And okay, we'll uh, name it by the name of the, uh, of the game. And then I thought about it and then it, 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 it's good for the first episode because it's the outer world and the competition is also called Worlds. So it works on both ways. Or just call it the pilot. We can do pilot. No, no, no. When it, is always the pilot. No, when it's up, it's not a pilot. It's never a pilot. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> pi- pi- go pilot the episode. Yes. Le- let's let's discuss the outer world. The outer world came out about a month ago, I think. It's a game by Obsidian Entertainment, and it's um role-playing game FPS a shooter. I, you, you don't need to say shooter for the FPS because the S part is the shooter part. Uh, hybrid sort of thing. And what it is, it's really ha- um, a combination uh, of the legacies of about 20 years of games. Games like Fallout and Mass Effect and Knights of the Old Republic and more... Um, more of the latest game by Obsidian, like uh, Pillars of Eternity uh, 2, specifically because of the ship stuff. And it really shows um, the game puts you as the basically invisible protagonist, since it, it's all first-person shooter, but you do create your characters, but it's it just for your own, I don't know, how you imagine your character to be, but so far, 15 hours in, um, I haven't seen my character even once and the game doesn't have a third person mode. Someone actually asked me on Twitter, why um, even bother creating your character model in a, in a first person um, game? And 
for some game you can switch to third person and or uh, the character is shown in cutscenes and stuff and in this game I, I, I really don't know why they bothered with the character model creation you don't do anything think, with it <laughs> I mean I think it could be could be just an engine bonus I mean you do see your character in all the inventory menus and stuff but also you know maybe you know in the future it's just an option I think it's just like maybe they had it in the engine and they said well you know character creation feels more personalized we could do stuff with it in the future maybe they had three like third person and it got scrapped somewhere during the process so could be a maybe thing. maybe uh, also, yeah you, also like yeah you rarely see your characters because most of the time you have these stupid helmets on you or, can remove them like, you know is there like a remove helmet checkbox yep. yep both for oh your God. character I'm... and and the um companions I am. Um, you just made my day. Made my week. <laughs> I I decided to to keep them on because the all the armor models look really good, and some of the elements are really funny, and you can find things in the in the game like top hats and eye patches and engineering goggles. Yes. They don't help you at all, but they are really fun. So uh, yeah, it's anyway, kind of like uh, very Fallout esque. Yeah. So anyway, in um, Outer Worlds is a science fiction. I I, I call it um, colonial science fiction. It's a type of game where you are in a distant star sector and it's all run, in this case, by corporation and it's all uh, colonization efforts and wilderness and stuff. And all of the technology beside uh, weapons and spaceships are from the 70s and 80s and i i don't really get this trope it started in fallout and i think and they they just roll with it i think it's also a star wars thing because um well original in the original star wars uh, movies uh, they were filmed in the 70s and 80s and the technology looked like crap and so it became the, the kind of tropey um, pulp science fiction space thing to have really old-timey technology even though we are in space and all the computers are monochrome, a yellowish uh, kind, of, uh, kind of color, just like Fallout uh, and stuff like that. So it's... it's it's a it's a yeah, it's, it's a really good it's right. a really interesting throwback to all those games uh, to Fallout and to to uh, Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that. But <laughs> it, it's weird to me. I'll say it like that. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Your computer is you know black and green, but you have like warp space jump drives. So you know. Yeah, and you and you have an artificial like, intelligence some, in your ship gaps. and. Yeah, it, it's weird. At least yeah. the the money system in the in the game, it's actually bitcoins and not like mm-hmm. bottle caps, <laughs> like follow. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of like the setting, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't find it in my playthrough, but you you can find somewhere the explanation of the bit cartridges, and it's actually based on on um, on Bitcoin or blockchain or, or whatever. They say that the bit cartridges have unique uh, uh, coded algorithms on them that 
is the money. So it's, it's a bit of a, of a fun addition. Uh, so in, in, in this game, you um, are woken up from a cryosleep and by a mad um, sort of doctor, engineer, whatever it is. And he wants to uh, make the sector better again and uh, pull it out of the evil corporation's hand. And so he sends you to a bunch of locations to um, locate stuff for it and um, fight your way everywhere and it's not an open world game it's a lot closer to the original mass effects uh, one and two at least where you have a specific location and in that location you have a map and uh, you have uh, a quest uh, to do in that in that area and then you move on to another location the locations are kind of big at least um Uh, I'm now at the third location, with, which is Monarch, and you have a lot of ground to cover, but it also makes, it feels like the plants are really empty. You don't really get to see anything beside people you kill, monsters, and then the cities. The cities have a bunch of people, but again, it's more of a, of a um, Wild West feeling um, where the, the city saloons and bars and stuff have a lot of people but a- anywhere uh, else it's empty you may run into a farmhouse somewhere that have people but beside that it's all monsters and marauders and thieves and stuff like that and while it's all look pretty and uh, the level design are gr- is great and uh, there is some verticality where you can jump uh, for platforming and find stuff um, and, and it's ex- extremely fun any every time I sit to play this game I have a lot of fun with it I can't shake the feeling that the maps feel empty and it's it's a very strange contrast to the rest of the game because you Every time you meet people, the game shines because the dialogues are amazing and all the stuff you can do with your skills in, is excellent. Uh, and then you go outside and for the shooting parts, the shooting is fun, but between those packs of mobs, there is nothing. And it's mm. kind of weird. Yeah, no, it's a, I, I hear what you say. I think I have a slightly different experience with this game because, like, for the first time ever, I mean, so usually when I play these kind of games, Fallout, and, you know, even RPGs, I create a character that's kind of, like, similar to me, or, you know, it's kind of, like, kind of bardic, a little bit of magic, a little bit of fighting, kind of, like, a generalist, but with more, like, more intelligence than, you know, strength. And here I just said, you know what? This game seems kind of casual. It's like a nice, nice and short experience. So if you look at how long to beat, the whole thing is like 15, 20 hours. So you, I think you're getting close to the end, by the way. Um, no, no. So it's, create- it's maybe 15 hours if you just rush the main story. It's, more yeah. cl- it's closer to 35 if you do everything. And it's closer to 50 if you play on the harder difficulties, which I don't, obviously. So, yeah, so pretty much like a compact experience. So what I did, I created this character who is like nothing like me. He's like, he's a huge dude, like really tanky, two-handed melee guy, tons of intimidation. And I basically just roam around the galaxy 
or the sector rather, and just, you know, call people names, use intimidation all the time, lie all the time. Like, I don't care. Like if you know, somebody says, oh, you're going to help me. It's like, nope, just two-handed <laughs> melee to the head. You know, just, I just like having fun with the world, which is pretty fun. And what I really like about the navigation system, it's also kind of scary though, is that the navigation system is very similar to what they have in, um, I think it was Mass Effect 2, where mm-hmm. you just have the the star system and you can basically go to any star you want. I mean, there's no reason to go to places without quests, but hypothetically, I just said, oh, this star looks nice. And then I fly to this asteroid and on this asteroid, there's like huge beasts that like are, I think like two, three levels higher than me and they just like smash me. So... Yeah, I mean, uh, you can. I had a, a, a similar experience. Um, on the Groundbreaker, I got a couple of quests that were at a different location to, any, to everything else. And I said to myself, well, let's go do those couple of quests because let's clear them out of the way. And I get there and the, the first pack of mobs, like, immediately destroys me and then i i I thought to myself okay so there is a level to to those mobs and those locations although the game doesn't tell you that yeah no it's 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 kind of funny because i'm i'm like i said i'm roughly six hours in so i'm still learning the mechanics still like getting used to all the so i think the game really leans into different damage types so yes you can do physical damage shock damage and damage which i think is like kind of like true damage i don't know something like negative uh, rays or something i don't yeah at so, the, no spoilers i don't at, know what that means <laughs> at the map Radiation? Uh, I, i'm maybe i i the map i'm currently in i um, it started to get really noticed because there are uh, very big monsters that are biological and plasma weapons do a lot more damage to them than just bullets and then there are um, mech suits where plasma damage does nothing to them, but I have a um, assault rifle that I changed the damage type to electricity, and it it eats them really really fast. So yeah, the it's it's a very um, prominent mechanic. The the last thing I want to say that um, I'm kind of bothered by in this game is that. Because of the strong similarity of the strong uh, feeling I get f- uh, to Mass Effect, I keep wanting to have special abilities like Panic Button mm. because I am the sort of player that shoots from a distance. I use uh, um, sniper rifles and stuff like that. And when uh, an enemy starts running toward me, charging me, I'm looking for the abilities to to be able to deal with him uh, also when i ran over uh, ran out of ammunition and stuff i want to be able to do other things and i can't they don't have it they only have companion abilities which are uh, on cooldown now i can have my companion stay near me and not charge uh, forward and stuff like that but uh, since I play on the lower difficulty, I just let their let them roam freely. So that's that's a thing that I keep I keep wanting to do, <laughs> and I can't. And, um, and I would say that the game gives you a whole lot of loot, pretty much too much loot, except 
for ammunition. I found myself a couple of times without ammo and needing to... I think it's, it's a bit of a intentional because it makes you have to switch between different uh, type of weapons. So I think um, they did it um, intentionally for that reason. Well... I cannot cannot sympathize because melee weapons doesn't have ammunition. Yeah. I just whack at people. And then, yeah, there is, you know, there is a whole uh, yeah a whole weapon system a whole uh, melee weapon system that seems uh, very very exciting. I thinking about uh, playing a second playthrough where I just kill everybody and and use a giant hammer or something. Okay, I think uh, we covered enough about that. Um, Tell us about what happened with the League of Legends Worlds tournament, which was exciting. Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, I, what? I need to give you my bottom line for... Yes, the what's the bottom, li- uh, the bottom line? Okay, so this game, well, I don't know if I... First of all, it's super fun. I don't know if it's because I just came playing it off of a really other heavy narrative story-driven game. It's really solid experience. So nothing, nothing in this game you know, is overwhelmingly amazing, innovative, good, but it's just a good, it's like a good, solid, story-driven activity to have. I mean, so it's really, I don't know, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I got a, I, I, I had to, I literally got a text, a phone call, and I had to, like, talk during the whole thing, so. Yeah, was, I get that, that. I get time, that. It, it happened to me next a lot. Time, I will. Next time, I, do not disturb. <laughs> yeah, put your phone and do not disturb. I will start by framing the the League of Legends uh, World Tournament by talking about the numbers on Twitch. The peak number they got was 2.9 million viewers across the different channels that covered the tournament, which is huge. Those are huge numbers. It's pretty crazy. It's it's bigger than some mainstream television stations yeah they uh, i think so you know the the whole like traditional media the espns of the world and the cnns of the world like to you know make those big headlines so it was like something like the super bowl and the stanley cup combined and in terms of the concurrent viewers without the chinese audience which is also huge and so yeah then it was yeah, a pretty big viewership i gotta say especially when when the time, well, the actual time in the U.S. was like 6, 7 a.m., depending on the daylight savings time. So, yeah, I mean, the finals, it was, it was pretty exciting. So let me just go ahead and talk about it a little bit. So I'm, you know, I'm playing League very casually, nothing too, too hardcore, but I'm really into the esports part. And it was an amazing experience. I actually so they, for the past couple of years, the opening ceremonies of the World Championship Finals uh, were, were okay. They always have this, you know, this, the theme song and some live performances, and it's always the subject of many memes. Uh, but this one really surprised me for the better. Um, they had, uh, they launched their new, so every every now and then, you know, just for those of you who are not like really into League, every now and then they release this music group that's built out of a couple of characters in the game, and then they ship a whole skin line. It's basically like a promotional thing, but wrapped in a very, very High nice production. musical. Yes, I mean, it, it's like the video and the song, and those songs become like instant hits. So for this, yeah, I think the one, 
the one that they launched this world um it's like a like a, an imaginary band called true damage i think it uh it went something like two million views in 20 minutes something like pretty insane um so it was the it was the song the whole open ceremony and the live performances was were very very thought through the the stadium like the arena in paris was pretty amazing um, and i you know it's uh, i have to say i got pretty emotional and pretty hyped up and then you know i just sitting there at 7 a.m eating a sandwich then drinking coffee but watching it and i was thinking wow this must be how all the sports people feel about their, you know, World Series and Super Bowls. It was really, really nice. Um, <laughs> the game, the game themselves are, you know, pretty were pretty pretty, I mean, pretty surprising. So the whole main storyline was uh, G two Esports from the European region against Fun Plus. What is this name even? Fun Plus Phoenix. I really hope that that's not their final name. They they, they get sponsored by somebody. Um, <laughs> I didn't fact check, but I think FunPlus could be like a huge Chinese telecom thing. Uh, so I might misrepresenting the fact. Keep me honest after the after the show. <laughs> I know that you like fact checking me. Um, so anyway, FunPlus Phoenix from China, and it was kind of funny the way they built up the whole story was yeah we video G2 game sport. developer FunPlus. Okay, well you know it's not Tencent, but it's yeah it makes sense. Um, so G2 Esports was really dominant throughout the regular season and everybody and their sister from the Western media was betting on G2 just due to their, I guess, familiarity with the regular season and how good they are and the players and everything. Um, and from the, on the other hand, the whole, you know, I guess, Eastern side of the globe media was really, oh, who this G2 esports are? We got Fun Plus Phoenix, and you know, those are like, it's a huge, it's a huge, um, huge team. They actually dominated the Chinese, the Chinese league for a very long time. And then when they clashed in the finals, one of those groups had to be really like disillusioned, and Fun Plus Phoenix just ran over 3-0. It, it was over very fast. Let's just say that, and then. They kind of like established. This is the, actually the second time that China wins the uh, League of Le- World, League of Legends World Championship, and next year uh, they're actually hosting the whole thing. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Wow. <laughs> yes. So imagine, and they actually, I think they're using uh, the Olympic Stadium with the they were using for all the big games. So imagine like. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty insane, um, and I I can't wait to see the whole thing unfold next year. Um, I haven't really watched it as a as a esport <laughs> esport experience. I followed what's going on with the trends in viewership um, because of the job. I am. I'm the uh, community manager for Stream Elements, so um, it's very interesting to see the trends that go through those um, things on, on Twitch and other sites. It's not only that it got vast viewership, peaks views, it's that it drains, it drained any other category during that time, like... Fortnite, which usually uh, gets 100,000 plus viewers dropped to a third of that or something like that. Uh, you could see the League of Legends 
a category at the top with even even um, not at its peak we are talking about 400,000 700,000 viewers and all the rest were below 50 uh, stuff like um, overwatch and the um, world of warcraft mm-hmm. and uh, uh, even just chatting so um, the trend we could see here is that it's not just that the world competition draw crowds that weren't usually um, watching twitch because that's what usually happens when there is a, a big event like that it uh, draws viewers that are not Twitch viewers, they are external viewers, they are new eyes to the competition. But we can see here that it, it was an experience that draw crowds from all over Twitch. Um, and uh, it, it, it's something that does, <laughs> doesn't happen every day. And it's interesting to see. I, yeah, yeah what's, really, what's really special to me is that, I mean, I always, I'm very like, You know realistic about esports and then the way I see esports is that I mean beyond all the competition if you look at the on the really really high level it's essentially marketing for the game usually for the most part and then the amount of production and you know just effort that riot puts into you know making those events happen I, I just I, I have to wonder like if there's like a real return of investment and Even for the I mean probably for some organizations, but I don't know, but especially for the company who's developing the game, is that all like bottom line worth it? And I yeah, I wish I had an answer. I, I, how many skins do you have to sell to you know produce this kind of event? I have no idea. Um, yeah, it's partly about promoting the general game and it's partly to. confirm <laughs> it's right to exist <laughs> I will say it like that because all, all I mean, those... sponsorship sponsorship money doesn't didn't hear it either right so. yeah of course uh, all those free-to-play competitive games wants to um, assert themselves as eSport viable and so if you want to present yourself as an actual sporting event you You need to go all the way you need to do all the all the stuff around it look at uh, the FIFA World Championships look at the tennis world championship look at the uh, Olympiad event Olympic Games all if, if you want to be taken seriously and I I, I said uh, um, uh, ironically a bit but uh, if you want to be taken uh, seriously as, as a sporting event you You are expected to do all of the things uh, around it, all of those um, um, mini events and the promotions and stuff like that. Um, I th- so it's a matter of, of appearance at, at some level, not only about selling the game to the general public, I think. Yeah, no, it, no it, I think, yeah, I think at some point. By the way, I heard like a mo- mother of, of appearance. I was like, who's, who's mother? What? Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, if, you, if you're looking for a, a show title, the mother of, of appearance. 
that's the should be the thing. All right, yeah. So that's uh, that was Worlds. Worlds World was fun. I watched the games, got very excited, went to, into league, lost a couple games, and now I'm back. I'm fine again. Great. That's usually how it goes. Great, and yeah. uh, it, it comes just uh, a month after the big ten-year anniversary. Uh, Riot Games, League yeah. of Legends thing, when they announce all the new awesome. games and stuff. So the next year is going to be very interesting for Riot. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we can, we can, I mean, we can talk about it in length, but we're almost at, at time. No, but yeah. They, 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 just, they just announced that, you know, all the teamfight tactics of the world and all the stuff isn't going to be an eSport. It's going to be very casual and entertainment-based. So we can talk about that later. Yeah, at, at another time. Okay, that's all what the time we had. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, this discussion. And um, we'll see what game we are uh, going to, to talk about uh, next time and uh, what uh, world event news will be interesting uh, for the next episode. Or will, there be, or will there be an episode two even? Of course there will be. I'm not quitting after <laughs> a pilot. What are you talking about? I'm not a quitter. Okay. I don't stop producing a podcast just because the game I talked about was uh, virtually destroyed, Omer. Yeah, that's right. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that was, the, that was a good, good episode. Good radio. All right. Yes. Okay, so uh, Omer, where do people um, can find you? On the internet. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Omer Kaplan. That's O-M-E-R-K-A-P-L-A-N. And the reason I spell it so well is because I spell it out to people multiple times a day. <laughs> Great. Multiple, and, multiple times. <laughs> and you can find me at Icel, I-C-E-L, short and sweet. It's ice plus an l at the end and we currently in this episode don't have uh, where to send you to find the rest of the podcast because there isn't yet a place for it we need to finish this recording and then i will upload it somewhere and for the next time we'll have a more organized uh, a thing um our opening music is composed by Anne dorco and the voiceover is by Fishy, Dave, which I don't remember his last name at the moment. I, I will put it in the show notes. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> fishy, fishy Dave, okay. No, Fishy, it's, uh, it's uh, a handle on Twitch. If you want to check him out, you can uh, go to Fishy on Twitch. Oh. Yeah. All right. He's a streamer Wait. and he works with me. That's it. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode, whenever that will be. Thank you. And goodbye.